But something that energized us later that same day, um, we ended up having an impromptu same-sex session with multiple couples from our normal friends group <laughs> in our suite yeah. in Vegas. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy, and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches it a little differently, and at its core, our show is about hearing, highlighting, and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it is important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. So sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and you can listen as a family. The choice is yours. Enjoy! Hi everyone! We made it to episode 10, which we're really excited about. I'm Emma. Double digits. I'm Emma. You're welcome for that. Are you going to take over and say anything? (laughs) I'm Finn. And we did make it to episode 10. What's going on in this episode? We have a fun interview with our friends Sadie and Todd. We were interviewing them in their basement with no pants and had a really fun time talking to them. Yep, and before we get to it, we just wanted to mention one thing that comes up a lot in this episode is uh, how much desire or their trip to desire impacted their journey in swinging. And it's actually very similar to ours if you listen to our first episode where we talked about it. And again, we're not paid sponsors of Desire in any way or Life on the Swing Set. Unfortunately, Cooper refuses to pay us for some reason. But we, um, we're we going again this year. And yay! I'm excited. I can tell. We, we decided a couple weeks ago we're going to go and there's going to be uh, with the Life on the Swing Set crew again. So we've had a, a a really great time the last two years we went with them. They put on an awesome week of events, and mm-hmm. it's just it's a great time. So uh, we just wanted to plug it for Cooper and the rest of the Life on the Swing Set crew, Dylan, Ginger, and everybody else who's involved. So if you're interested in going, head over to the website SS Desire, and that is the first week in November. Yep, November 3rd through the 10th. Yep, so we're not going to blabber on too much more about it. We're going to jump over to the interview, uh, but check out ssdesire.com if you want to sign up for it, and if you want to check out our show notes for everything we talked about in this episode, or shoot us an email, say hi, leave us feedback. You can find us on on our website at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find us on Twitter under the screen name NNM Podcast. Or on Cassidy, too, under the same one, yep. NNM Podcast. And if you don't have a Cassidy account, use the link on our resource page. <laughs> get 30, Shameless plug. Yep, get 30 days free. If you leave us a review on iTunes, you get 90 days free. And now let's go to the interview. Yep, here we go. Hi guys, we're here with some of our good friends in their basement drinking wine and doing a live live podcast. Why are you laughing at me? Oh boy. 
<laughs> so, Go ahead, you start. So, so we're here with Todd and Sadie, some good friends of ours who don't live too far from us. And we're going to start off by just having them tell us a little bit about themselves and maybe their rough ages and what, what non-monogamy means to them just in a general sense. And then we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. Thanks. Yeah, we're Sadie and Todd. We're 37 and 40. Uh, we live in the Midwest, and we have a toddler. Swinging to us, we're, I mean, we're pretty, I guess, typical swingers. We don't, we're not in the poly or anything like that so far <laughs> that we've figured out. So we are situationally full swap. So we'd have to be, the way we are is kind of like we're friends with benefits. So if we're really comfortable with people, we might be willing to full swap with people. Otherwise... We're probably just going to be kissing and soft swap by most people's definition, probably. But or if you're super and... special, then, hey, yep. you know, that could work for us. So what was the catalyst that got you guys into this at the beginning? And who brought it up in the first place? And what, you know, what was the reason for that? It's my fault because I'm just a big <laughs> slut. <laughs> so basically into, you know same room sex type situations like watching live porn since I was late in high school, I would say. Like parties with friends or whatever. Sometimes maybe got a little out of hand. Maybe. But maybe. Maybe. Hey, now I would say no. I would say that sounded good to me. It's perfectly so, in hand. But, uh, you know, those kind of things have always kind of turned me on. And sharing those type of things with Sadie over time, kind of then us exploring like how you would do it realistically, that's kind of how we got started. So when, Sadie, when he brought those up to you the first time, how was, I guess, what was your response to that? Um, I really didn't know that much about it. So we we took our time kind of looking into into the lifestyle, how you, make, how you meet people, and kind of what it means to different folks. So it's kind of really nice that you guys are, have started this, <laughs> because it definitely didn't seem normal to me when we first started looking at it. I but feel it, like I was given a sales pitch sometimes. Like but it didn't. Being like, this is awesome. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. But it didn't freak you out at all. I mean, I, I think I'm sure a lot of us have had the moments where we sort of had to deprogram, deprogram ourselves from whatever childhood, like, uh, and young adult sort of dogmas we were raised mm-hmm. with, where we have to kind of figure out that it, it really is okay. It, yeah. It's all right to have fun like this when you have consenting adults who are doing safe things with each other. And there's not really anything wrong with that. So we kind of have to get past that in our heads. So it, it took, it definitely took some time uh, to do that. I, I still sometimes have knee jerk reactions where I'm like, that's weird. But, you know, but I, I, you know, I talk myself down out of that. Um, and I think we all do to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah, so I can relate to that. Definitely. Just from growing up and you're, the societal way you're taught things is not <laughs> that I guess group sex and sleeping with other people is not okay most of the time mm-hmm. and trying to reverse that in your head and it's like wait hang on we're adults this is all consensual all you know we're being truthful with our partners it's okay but <laughs> trying to convince yourself of that is tricky but but overall it sounds like it was something you were at least open to discussing absolutely yeah yeah so o- open to discussing but then like like I think a lot of couples have to do through a bunch of communication. We need to figure out like the whole jealousy angle. Like, were we going to be jealous? 
how do you figure out if you're going to be jealous without actually trying it? Right, that was the scary like, part. Yeah. Those are some kind of, um, where's the proof that that's how it's going to happen? And that probably is how we got to our first experience. Like we talked like ex- through our explore- exploration, uh, Sadie and I kind of like looked at websites online and things like that. And then it kind of was like, okay, there's these things like hotel parties. Mm-hmm. Is that how we should do it? And then through various, you know, discussions with people on the, like, um, uh, one of the websites, we kind of just were like in those discussions, well, maybe we should just check it out. Right. But didn't know about rules, didn't know about lots of things. So right. check it out was maybe too open yeah. at that time. And how so, long had you guys been together before you started this conversation? Um, like five years. Okay. Probably, I think yeah. five years or so mm-hmm. before we had those conversations. Now, uh, Sadie knew a little bit about my history, mm-hmm. but not like we didn't talk about like as something for us yeah. until or to explore until like five years into our relationship. So. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to try one of the parties? Is that your yeah, first Yeah, so we went to a, a hotel party far enough away where we had to stay overnight at mm-hmm. the hotel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And where hopefully we wouldn't run into any neighbors. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't know about that part. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, so we went to the hotel party and we met some really nice people that kind of kind of talked to us about being new, which a lot of people meet. There's folks like that out there. I think um, the spiritual swingers call them the Yoda... Uh-huh. <laughs> the Yoda couples, the Yoda swingers who take them under their wing and teach them everything. So. Yeah. yeah, so not all the teachers are Yoda level, though, right? So, um, but, we can, we yeah, can wish. We can try. So, so It all depends on the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so the, luckily the, at our first party, that lightsaber team or that the, those Jedis were on the, they were real folks. And uh, we kind of flirted with them a bit, but they were no pressure right. at all. And then it was kind of like a dance party from the way we kind of viewed it. Flirty things going on. Maybe a little, there was a little uh, like flogging station or there was like various things going on that you could check out or Mm -hmm. people were selling, there were toy vendors there and people doing photo booths and that kind of stuff. So, but uh, anyway, so not until the playroom later on, like after the dance party part was when it was like, okay. Well, that's, but that's when we realized we really didn't, like, plan ahead enough. I think, um, like Todd was saying, it was it was far enough away that we had to, to drive and stay overnight. And I think ahead of time, we had sort of assumed that we would have the rules conversation in the car on the way up. Um, but that didn't work out because we basically spent the entire drive up with me second-guessing what we were doing. <laughs> so... I think it's normal to have some nerves. <laughs> right, and that's fine, but by the time we got there, we still hadn't had the rules conversation. <laughs> so we did the dance party and the flogging things, and then we were having a lot of fun and, and drinking, and, and it sort of we loosened up our, our my inhibitions a little bit. And we got to the playroom, and we played with each other a lot. We, we had sex on one of the playbeds with folks around us who were kind of like, petting or touching at us a little bit, which was, which was fun and it was nice. But with the, the couple that we had been talking to, we actually ended up on one of the beds kind of next to them, just sort of watching what they were doing. And the wife invited me to kind of help her play with her husband. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, Todd and I had not, like I said, we hadn't finished having those conversations about what, how far we were comfortable going. I think our, our, I think our only rule when we think back about it now, I think our, our the only rule that we had definitely decided on was we're not having sex with anybody, right? Like, <laughs> still sort of a, a a question mark at the end of that. Um, like we were solid on that, but it you know when looking back on it, like we we probably didn't have enough of those things figured out. But yeah, she in, invited me to help her give her husband a blowjob, and and we and I I did that, and Todd sort of looked at me like, oh, so that's where we are. Okay, <laughs> it's hot for me to watch. I'll tell you that. <laughs> figured out no jealousy from my side right away <laughs> like, that was awesome so so we it, it was fun we had fun with it um i think but but afterwards other than figuring out that that he wasn't jealous we sort of we kind of looked at each other we're like wow we we really need to have some additional conversations about this mm-hmm. like i'm glad that was fun and it was a, it was a it was a confidence building experience because we did have fun um and nothing really went really wrong despite the fact that we didn't have it all figured out yeah but we did we did walk away from it deciding that we probably needed to have a few more conversations before the next experience. So is that what you guys did then going into the next experience? So we had enough fun at that party mm-hmm. to go to the next month's party at the same place. Mm-hmm. Didn't play with those people, but we it did have those conversations and we actually did they kind of progressed over the next couple of months that same way to uh, kind of level set where we were at and how we wanted to do it. We weren't in, we did not agree with what all the things that we thought, like I thought I was at a different place than Sadie. And at the time that then, and for a while, we thought we needed to be at the same place in order to play. Mm -hmm. We know that differently now, but back then that's what we thought. So, so there put more pressure on her. You both need to be comfortable going to the same stages, like, or you both need to be comfortable, like, if you are comfortable with oral, you need her to be comfortable with it, too. Right. Even, but it's okay if she's okay with you with it, but she doesn't need to have it herself. We know that now. Right. But we didn't know that, like, we were like, if I said I was okay with full swap, and but she wasn't, Yeah. that, w- for, for some weird reason, that's not the common thing at hotel parties or in general. Well, I think right. part of it is based on the classification system that gets used on a lot of the websites, which is how we were meeting people, and that's how the parties were being set up. People are classified by couple. The couple is soft swap. The couple is full swap. Right. There's not there's not a flexibility to say, like, the, the wife is into oral and manual play and the husband is into, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. There's not a way to really describe that, and... And and really, you know, if you're new into it and you're looking at these things, you're going like, well, I don't want to be the outlier. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the person who rolls up with all the extra rules and makes things difficult. I don't, yeah. you know, right. You know, you don't, and you don't want to be the Debbie Downer, the party pooper, like yeah. You, and you don't, you you're still trying to figure out what is like. I mean, all of this seems strange. What parts of this are actually normal? Right. Yeah. So so going into that second party. It sounds like you guys had maybe laid out a few more rules, but you weren't necessarily at the same place. Could, do you mind elaborating on that? It sounds like one of you was maybe more comfortable than the other one going into the second. Todd was a lot more open to full swap in the or, or you know having sex with someone else in the right situation. I was still sort of not sort of. I was still in the place where that was not an option for me. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't comfortable with that yet. So I, 
that was hard for us in a lot of ways because I just, I felt like the anchor. I felt like everyone was waiting on me to be okay with what everyone else wanted to do. So that was tricky. And going into kind of the subsequent experiences after that, some of the folks that we met, we had talked to, because we decided that we wanted to try and get to know folks before we went to a party because it's really difficult to meet someone in at one of those hotel parties get to know them enough in a couple of hours to really feel like you feel comfortable playing with them yeah Yeah. um high pressure environment it was and so even though todd wasn't necessarily pressuring you it was sort of an internalized you know he's ready to move on but you're not and so you feel like you're holding him back even though He's not really pressuring you to make that move. Right. And yeah. I wasn't, and I was still trying to figure out if, you know, what was fair to the other couples, you right. know, like with their expectations or things. And, and and we just didn't know enough at the time about how you, it doesn't really have anything to do with what other people want or what other people expect necessarily. You have to decide what's right for you. Yeah. And then you, you let you you know you have to let people know what that is and then if they'll if they'll fit what they want to do with you to to your rules then they're the right people to play with and mm-hmm. if if whatever your rules are don't work for them then they're the wrong people to play with right. and you just move on so yeah. and so we had that we were so we had that disconnect and it led to personal like pressure on yourself yeah. right Stress and on then me. we met Darth Vader instead of Yoda, <laughs> we met the next, like, take us under your wing couple. So going, going into the second party, when you guys were, you had talked about the rules, and you were both at sort of separate comfort levels, but right. still on the same page in terms of... What we were going to... Like, yeah, I was what, okay what we to find it her level. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to note that typically in these situations, you default to the person who's at the... The less advanced level, I yes. guess. Right. So if one person's comfortable full swapping and the other person's only comfortable giving hand jobs, you default to hand jobs. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You, you... Right. So that's where that's... we were. Mm-hmm. And then, but the couple we were, like, we kind of cling, not cling to, but the couple that we communicated with the most and we were most comfortable with and thought we wanted to get to know, like I said, turned out to be... Uh, say they were okay with what our levels were but we were being honest with them about the fact that i actually was at a different level Mm -hmm. and that was for them this open like they took that as an opening to to pressure me pressure sought a crack in in the foundation Mm -hmm. to be able to drive a wedge between you guys (laughs) which was like like so uh pressure over time that got us in a bad situation yeah that basically led us to re basically pull away from playing or the parties specifically but more like generally playing for a little while because you Sadie felt so much pressure from this other guy right well and I and I ended up in a in in a couple of very awkward potentially dangerous situations where I got we we I allowed myself to kind of be separated from Todd and 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 well and from the rest of the party as well in one instance but yeah and just kind of not wanting to rock the boat and not really realizing how I needed to stand up for myself, what I needed to say to, to kind of, and, and I mean, we had been very clear about what our rules were and ostensibly 
they were on board with that, but in practice, they really weren't. So that was tricky. So we didn't really hold it against them necessarily. We did chalk it up to us not knowing enough or being, or maybe not communicating clearly enough about what we expected. And so we backed away from the hotel parties, definitely. But it also, we also had to take a break from meeting new people. We, we backed away. We didn't, we didn't seek out new people for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to we were focus. totally cool just hanging out with you guys. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. We should interject here. And during the time you guys went to hotel parties, you also went to a meet, meet and greet. A couple met meet us. and greets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. We met you guys, which was awesome. We met a, a couple of couples, which was nice. Mm-hmm. We did some fun things. We went out dancing. We went to a, like a drag show or something <laughs> and some other fun stuff, which was really nice. And it, it, kind of, it kept us connected to the lifestyle things, mm-hmm. which was good without having to completely disconnect and it made us not so so we weren't creeped out i think that Mm -hmm. tempered the pressure situation because we're like obviously not everybody is those people right yeah so that it kind of said it's not it it, it didn't make us quit right let's say that it just made you slow down a little bit maybe from going to a party every month or something yeah so you're able to step back from the maybe the higher pressure environment of a hotel party to uh let's go to a meet and greet at a bar where i know no one's going to Try to, try Most to take likely, no one's gonna try to fuck me on the dining room table. <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. I'm still looking for that place. Yeah. <laughs> I said it's a different type of bar. So, so you guys stepped back a little bit, mm-hmm. went to some lower pressure, lower, uh, lower key environments, and right. and sort of sort of hit the reset button and started to work your way back in. We did, and we figured out that we we needed to actually get to know people. Yeah, like a, one night at, at a party or at something wasn't enough to be, make that decision necessarily to play with them. Well, this other couple we had actually met before the party. We oh, just, that's true. Yeah. We, they just weren't being upfront with us. Yeah. But they already had a certain kind of expectation from the previous conversations we'd had with them, which was that Todd and I were on different levels. And to them, that was an invitation, not... A set of rules. Right. Like get to know us and we'll get you to that level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was kind of what it was. Yeah. They're trying to change me. Yeah. Which was not nice. No. Um, <laughs> that's not, that's but so, not fun. So, 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 so advice that, to anybody doing this, don't be those fucking people. <laughs> well, yeah. That's for damn sure. Especially yeah, well, experienced yeah. folks. But as new people, I think Sadie said it right, which is like, just be comfortable enough to say what you're okay with. And and stick to your guns on that, and uh, and then when you're ready to progress, then you tell people that time. Yeah. Um. You actually don't have to say like I'm not full swap yet. Yeah. Right. You could just say today, I'm comfortable with this. Right. Yeah. Giving was... them no indication that you ever have been full swap or will be. Right. right? And their it's response just... to that will tell you everything you need to know about them. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty right. much. And and I think it's important here to say too, it's easy to jump on and say well. Todd should have never left Sadie in that position where she was mm-hmm. by herself and she had to defend herself in these situations. And I don't think that's a, a fair assessment because you wind up in these situations and we've been in these situations yeah, where have. people separate you and it's maybe they're not doing it intentionally, but it happens and you feel safe enough in the situation. They're like, she's okay if she goes and gets a drink. And he goes with it's. They're not like I'm gonna take her in this dark closet <laughs> right. and separate her. It's 
you feel safe in the moment and Mm -hmm. then you look back on it and you're like, why did I let that happen? And we've been in that situation and it it still happens Mm -hmm. on occasion. So it's, it's easy to, to jump in and say, well, that's Todd's fault. He should have (laughs) never let her do that. But at the same time, we're all adults here and Mm -hmm. we're obviously not going to do things that are going to put our spouses in danger intentionally. And so I just, I just want to put that out there because I've been in that position. I know you've been in that position and we've talked to countless other people who've been in that position. I didn't know, like I would have told you, that was really the situation was like, I thought it was super hot to go get drinks with the, this, the wife of that couple. And like, we would flirt and kiss and like, she gave me a blowjob in the hallway in front of people. (laughs) And this was like our first, like, okay, so she gave the guy a blowjob at the first hotel party. Sadie did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Sadie did. So I'm like, okay, this is like me getting my chance. And Mm -hmm. I didn't think of it. It was like super quick. It wasn't like to completion. It was just like, like, but people were walking by from their rooms. And I was like, this is the hottest fucking thing (laughs) ever. So I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad to just go get a drink. Right? Uh Right? And Uh then we went back to them and they weren't there. So it was like their version to get like he was like doing the same. But then his version of what he was trying to do was Sadie, not cool, like was not within the rules or whatever. So, yes. So so, sorry for my tangent there about that. I just wanted to make sure that people didn't feel like you were isolating your wife or or abandoning your wife because that's definitely not the case. So (laughs) so you guys had stepped back from from the hotel parties and then hit the reset button and started to work your way back in. What did that process look like building back into where you are now? So from that hotel party, like uh, getting out of that, we just basically hung out with people we were from like comfortable with you guys and another, a few couples that we just kind of either did same room sex with or, um, situations like that or light touching, but not really anything else. And then we were kind of like, okay, where are we at? What are we doing? What do we want? What from do we this? want from it? Cause I think we looked back at, at our, our, this first kind of initial experiences and we were thinking, we ended up thinking too much about what other people expected from us and not what we actually wanted to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So we, um, so when you say reset, I mean, that's really what it was, was we had to reset what we expected out of it. And that took us a while because I wasn't completely sure. And and for a little while there, I think Todd's version was pretty simple. Like, I want to fuck things. <laughs> uh, no, I would say first year was I would love, I just want two people, to, two ladies to suck my dick at the same time. Please, let's start with that. So we can be soft swap, but double dick sucking is like the top priority. <laughs> So, like I said, if I gotta be like, you know, if we're just doing soft swap, that's in the soft swap realm, right? (laughs) So, like I said, you know, fairly simple to start out with. (laughs) So we did. We hung out with some folks who we were really comfortable with, um, and then we ended up in a a, kind of a a big group of people that were fairly new to us. And even though we weren't really like doing a lot of lifestyle things at the time, like for whatever reason. Everyone was asking us lifestyle questions. 
So these were your normal friends. These were yeah, normal, normal friends. friends. Yeah, they're our normal friends. And was it because Todd kept asking them all for double blowjobs? <laughs> <laughs> I only did that to a couple of them. I was like, "You're super hot. You suck my dick with Sadie. Would that be nice?" <laughs> but they didn't know you guys had gone into the lifestyle, or some of them did. Some of them did. Okay. So we're pretty close with our fr- uh-huh. friends and a. Maybe some of it came out with some of those sex conversations that we, sexy conversations that we had with them, but probably a a few out of a bigger group. Sure. Right. But, but people throughout that larger group just felt comfortable asking us all kinds of sex questions. I mean, everything from like things about life safe, like, um, like safe sex and protection and, and STDs and like, you know, like, do you actually like... Do people go and get tested all the time? Yes. And uh, to like... Toys. Toys. Lots of toys. So many toy and lube questions. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sex with older people. Like the young guys in the group would be like, oh, like what, like, what's it like to have sex with like older people? I'm like, how would you think I know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, so I don't know where that came from, but there's like a lot of assumptions made, like somehow we were those people. Right. I mean, BDSM questions. We got asked, what's a spreader bar? I think it was like when 50 shades came out Right. and all of a sudden everybody was reading it and they had all these questions and we're like, well, you could Google it, but yeah, I'll tell you. (laughs) Joke about butt plugs and like wherever, like, why is that funny? It's a butt plug. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody was joking about anal stuff and I'm like, y'all realize that's fun, right? So you guys were the, the Google for sex for your group of friends. We were yeah. we were sex school. And then the funny thing was, was we had those conversations. And kind of just before we started talking about lifestyle stuff to get, you know, as a couple, we had moved. We haven't lived here forever. And we started thinking back to where we had lived previously. And we were sex Google for those people, too. <laughs> so And they didn't even know anything about the lifestyle because you hadn't done it yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and they're a completely different group of people. I mean, we we totally changed friend groups. So, there was no overlap at all. None yeah. of the there was, nobody came in to kind of like set the stage for us. Like, hey, these are the sex people. Y'all <laughs> ask them sex stuff. There was nothing like that. There was no introduction like it's, that. It was super natural feeling to us about, like, but right. strangely odd. Still, like, right. We're still those people. So, you just have this vibe about you, I guess. Hey, I'll take it. Being <laughs> so, a vibe seems to work. So does that help build into your guys' re-entrant into the the lifestyle? Or? It just did. We ended up talking about the stuff kind of all the time. And, and... It goes back to the confidence thing because yeah. they people are building you up. Like, this is we know that you know about this stuff and whatever. And then we went to Vegas uh, and we're hanging out at the pool with this giant group of people. And then this, I would say, lady maybe in her 50s or something out of our whole group after, like, people were flirting with her, one of the young guys. So you went mm-hmm. to Vegas with your whole group of friends that all were asking you the sex questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, a general party group uh-huh. went for a week in Vegas. That was our, like, vacation, some one of our summer vacations. Anyway, so this lady, after, like, making it, like, turning down this, uh, like, hot-bodied 24-year-old gentleman who thought he was hot shit um anyway like she totally turned him down by saying like you can't handle me and like mm-hmm. this is the like the lady saying yeah, that she, to him she like, absolutely called anyway him out. but she right after that square squarely asked if we wanted to play with her huh. 
And we're like, what? <laughs> like, are we wearing swinger on our forehead? <laughs> and this lady what? was, you didn't know her. Didn't know her. Oh, yeah. But she, she saw us at the pool that day and saw the interaction. And she was like, just straight up. And she goes, we can, I can tell. <laughs> it, was a, it was the double blowjob t-shirt that we Todd were. was wearing. <laughs> so we, the funny thing is, is like, we weren't really, we weren't swinging at the time, like I said, we had done some. We were, this was kind we, of the break period. Yeah, break. yeah. This was we we had um, we've been doing some same room stuff a little bit and everything, but we weren't playing with other people really at that point. And it was it was hilarious. Um, yeah, she was just she was just like, you guys are like because there were a couple there were several couples mm-hmm. in the group that we were with. And she goes, she's like, you're the most stable couple. In the group, you're the most confident couple in the group. She's like, and you just you're just naturally like open and and flirty with everybody. But that just seems to be how you are. She's like, so Myra, <laughs> and you're like, uh. well, we found out a little bit about her story, and she was there like under the guides of I'm hanging going out for a girls' weekend in Vegas, but really there she would like to lie to her husband. Mm-hmm. He didn't know, so it was like not our thing. Right. Plus, right. we didn't yeah. know her right. yeah. since we are the friends with benefits people, yeah. not our scene. Thank you, right. but no thank you. Yes, right. but something that energized us later that same day, um, we ended up having an impromptu same sex session with multiple couples from our normal friends group <laughs> in our suite yeah. in Vegas, and we're like. Yep, this is hot. They just like, randomly showed up at our door. Wearing like, nothing, with... but the ladies were not, wore nothing but t-shirts through the hotel. <laughs> yeah, like they went... long Heineken t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that so... we got from the Heineken girls at the pool. <laughs> so was that sort of the the catalyst that spurred you guys back into it? I think it think... drove, it helped. Yeah. It, it certainly helped. Boosted the was... confidence and made you feel like Because we was... rode that yeah. fantasy day. Because, the, like, the girls played with, we brought our flogger on that trip. Right. And it was, like, naked in the windows at the Mirage in Vegas. Like, the floor-to-ceiling windows. Yeah. Like, put your boobs against the glass and get fucked from behind. That kind of thing. And it was, we can still fantasize about that today and go, that day was hot as fuck. Yeah. Like, that couple hours or whatever. Girls in the shower, all that right. stuff. Anyway. I remember you coming back from that and telling us all about it. And it was... You're not going to believe what randomly happened. So, so yeah, I think even though we didn't play with each other, mm-hmm. just that scene was like, yeah, that's that's there's one of the things we really like about it. And mm-hmm. how do we do that? Yeah. Right. So what did that lead you guys to do next? So from there, so the couples um, that we were, we actually did same room stuff with. Um, actually had a couple encounters with them where there was light touching. Like they were trying to figure out if they actually were swingers themselves. And we were their trial. <laughs> um, and But neither of them worked out. Like they just decided it wasn't for them. They were cool with same room like mm-hmm. sex, but mm-hmm. same part, like their partner. Um, super hot still, right? I would say after we got back from that trip, um, sort of uh, we we actually planned a trip for the next year. And yeah. during that interim year, we spent more time back on the sites, trying to meet some new people, trying to get back into into meeting people from the sites who we already knew were interested. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't just, you can't rely on, like, m- magical unicorn evenings to pop up in front of you. 
so we did, we tried to, you know, so we, we spent some more time meeting folks. We didn't go back to any parties. We've still just decided that's just not our thing. We did a lot of same room stuff mm-hmm. with yeah. those couples, mm-hmm. right. like for that year, mm-hmm. I would say. We right. just didn't play with each other, just yeah. leading up to Vegas trip number two, mm-hmm. which the whole group did not go. Really, only the people that we're best friends with that know the most about us in that group and our swinging ways, I guess you could say. And like, there was no issues with us being naked and telling them everything we were going to do, which included going to uh, um, a meet and greet at a hotel party, like a hotel type party. I'm sorry, in a hotel room. Right. So a small and more intimate, not like a hotel takeover type thing. So we went to a hotel room party in a hotel in Vegas um, the next that next year, next summer. And it was eye-opening about, like, <laughs> the that was kind of the exposure to the, the seedy side. Uh-huh. But there was um, one couple that... There were some very nice... There were some very yeah, nice, nice people there. Um, but there were also some red flags that we probably should have taken note of. Yeah. Um, kind of just goes to show you that no matter... Like, you can... You can see a whole bunch of stuff. You can see a whole, whole lot of things. You will... You will never run out of new things. Specifically, <laughs> we didn't understand that people like go like couples required. We thought that meant like married people generally or long term relationship. Mm-hmm. But we found that was the first time we ever heard of a couple that literally did internet dating to hook up to just go to be a couple for that party. Hmm. Yeah. Like they were both single, but they wanted to go to swingers parties. So they had to find somebody else to go. Right, because they can't go by themselves. So they didn't even know each other. They met just for that. That day. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, Mm -hmm. that's different. That's not in our safety. Like, that's not safe for us, right? For Mm -hmm. our safe sex rules. Um, So those people were having sex with a lot of people at that party. But we kind of just stuck to our... It was was still same room sex. And we think that's hot. So... We actually did play with each other next to one couple on an air mattress, right? <laughs> so, and we ended up hanging out with that couple a couple times because they were actually re- a little older than us, but mm-hmm. they were pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the the man in that couple was kind of ended up being kind of a weirdo, yeah, um, wanting to fuck everybody at the pool at the hotel we were staying at. But his wife, she was really she sexy, was great. yeah. And and you wouldn't have known he was a strange one from the first night, but we met him. When we met them later on, it it sort of it came out. Yeah, yeah. There was a little bit, which goes to show. I mean, for us, we really do need to get to know people. To right. Yeah. right. So, so that so that party was overall a, just a, a learning experience. A learning experience, <laughs> yeah. not a failure like the the second hotel party, but it right. it was just a, it was a good experience and and so we did that and then spent sexy time at the topless pools in, in Vegas yeah. the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. But it still we still had a little bit more energy for let's like we want to do more. Mm-hmm. Right. So um So you come back from Vegas and you get knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't that quick. Um but we, we came back, we sort of taking a look at what our uh what what our opportunities might be to kind of get back into things and start meeting people and everything. And then, yes, then we got surprise pregnant. Um, so we obviously took a break mm-hmm. <laughs> when that happened from everything. Yeah. And then fast forward mm-hmm. like a year mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. Fast forward about a year and a half. 
And then our, our good friends, uh, Finn and Emma told us that they were going to, uh, a hotel week long takeover at this <clears throat> crazy place called desire. <laughs> and I think Todd was extremely interested in this entire vacation. I think he wanted to go the first year that you guys went. Well, they told us late in the game, but <laughs> I didn't. I'm not saying I didn't research it like immediately <laughs> after because they were so excited to go. He was ready to go with yeah. you. I think he was going to pack himself in your luggage if he could have. <laughs> um, I guess I'm curious. So it, we, so what kind of happened was we came back from Desire our first year and told mm-hmm. you guys about it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you landed at the airport, and as soon as you could turn <laughs> yeah. your phones back on, you called us, going, "Oh my fucking god, we have to <laughs> can come we over. come over? Can we come over? <laughs> we have to come tell you this crazy shit that happened." But in the in the meantime, you guys had had a baby, and we're dealing with all of the complications that come with having a new baby, <laughs> and. I guess if you don't mind talking a little bit through where you guys were at when, you know, when we showed up at your doorstep bragging about desire, (laughs) you guys were in a very, you guys weren't necessarily waiting there with a bag of condoms and Lou for us. It was Todd would have. So I would go with besides super jealous. Right. So like we understood like our, the way our life was just life in general, obviously diapers and work and no time and whatever. So mm-hmm. the whole lifestyle thing is on the, still on a pause. It was, it was very back burner. You guys are awesome friends and just keeping the like the like the curiosity and excitement about those things alive. Mm-hmm. But we had a lots of stuff to figure out just having a new being new parents. Yeah. yeah. So so right so we lived vicariously through you guys for that whole time and then when you came back and you started talking about um this trip it it was definitely interesting like like i said todd was completely on board he was ready to pack his bags that minute and go (laughs) but i took some convincing and and part of that is going we're parents now do we really need to be doing this like I can't, this is, is this something we're really going to like go off and do and leave our new baby for? Um, you know, like there's a whole bunch of guilt associated with that. And then there's all the stuff about like, for me, self-esteem and body issues. And I don't look the same. I have this giant scar across my stomach. <laughs> my, my body doesn't even work the same way. I don't get, I I don't get aroused the same way anymore. Yeah. It, it everything was very different. So it was it was a it was a lot to to wrap my head around. So kind of, I mean, even though she wasn't, you know, our daughter wasn't a newborn at that point. Right. By the time you guys got back, I still had not made a ton of progress in figuring figuring me back out yet. Yeah. Right. So committing to a trip like that um, took took some doing for me because I I knew I had to do a lot to figure me out, to be able to go and give people any sort of direction on, on how I'd like to be played with, which those are the types of things you need to figure out before you commit to going to something like that. You need to know what you want to get out of a trip like that. Yeah. Um, so that was intimidating to me because I wasn't sure what I wanted out of it. Yeah. When you guys were kind of on a, a pretty long hiatus before that point, right? It was, you were sort of going from zero to desire yeah, almost two years of pause also the, in the middle to of get that, to desire yeah so. also in the middle of that having a baby and recalibrating your entire body chemistry for for half of your relationship and that's a that's a huge 
undertaking. And mm-hmm. I guess if, if you don't mind me asking, Sadie, how, how did that go, I guess? Um, well, I mean, you got, you guys helped a lot, I think, because I, I guess, I don't know how many other people have this in their heads, but when you think about like maybe a lifestyle resort or a, or a clothing optional resort or something like that, you've got this image in your head of everybody like walking around with these like beautiful breasts and like amazing asses and like washboard stomachs. And, and, you know, you're picturing like bra models and what they show on the websites. That's yeah, what yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Liquor models and, mm-hmm. and, and, and pit bull videos. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> which by the way, you, we, we all have to shave our heads before we go to Desire. So, we... <laughs> so you know, You're shaving any everything anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> so you, you know, you're you're picturing something that's idealized. I think, or at least I was. I mean, maybe not. Maybe everybody doesn't do that, but I was doing it. Um, and part of it was just because I, I wasn't confident with how I looked. So, you know, anyone who's confident pretty much to me is just looking like that in mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you you know, you guys did a really good job, I think, of when you first told me, like, no, it's it's actually like real people there. I was like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, but <laughs> no, I don't think you believed us. <laughs> I, I, I did not believe well, So I'm, I'm um, curious, when you showed up then, was there a shift in your mindset? In terms of oh yeah yes you didn't actually well, I ended say up believing you before I ended up believing you before we actually got there um, but I, it was definitely one of those things where when we were in the car on the way to the resort having landed in Mexico and driving there I'm still going is this a good idea it felt like that first party all over again yeah. I'm sitting there going are we doing the right thing <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. so you guys joined the same takeover the next year with we us. did we went. Um, we went, and it was entirely your fault. Um, so <laughs> we have you to thank for that. Sorry, no, not okay. sorry. But I set it up pretty good. Like, so you went. We went all out. To I was trying to make sure she had all those qualms. So it was like, we might. I wanted to make sure. Like, let's say she didn't want to do anything, and she ended up being like, "No, we're not doing this." We would have still had a good vacation. We kind of had our own like secluded area room. We could have been like just had a vacation and kind of watched mm-hmm. what happened around us, but right. not participated. Right. right. So and actually to say desire all of desire now that we've been there offers that you don't have to be in the room we were in to do that. Yeah. So we didn't know that at the time, but now we do. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I mean it was it was so interesting. I mean, immediately walking into the. Immediately walking in and seeing the folks that were already there, that knew each other, that had known each other for years, it was, it was, I mean, we had listened to the Life on the Swing Set folks, so we knew that they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so many Yeah, and this was the other. Life on the Swing Set takeover, takeover week. Right. Mm-hmm. So we knew they knew each other, and we, we knew what to expect um, from a lot of their podcasts, which, shout out, those guys rock. But So we did know what to expect to a certain extent from that, but you really can't know until you get there and, and, and see how comfortable everybody is with each other. And that was the thing. We walk in, and everybody is just awesome and completely normal. There was normal people there. They were. Everybody was it were normal. It was... It was it was it was obvious like that these were just like regular people 
who fuck each other. <laughs> some of them do. Probably some of them. And just some of them watch. don't. And 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 that was the thing. It was it was it was everything. They were it was all shapes and sizes. It was all it was different kinds of swing, different types of kink. Like and and people like let you know like what their stuff was. They're like, hey, this is me. This is what I do. I'm not so much swing. I'm a little bit more kink. So if you want to know about chainmail flockers, let me know. I was like, okay. That's lovely. Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were just open about what they were interested in and and very open about the fact that whatever you were interested in was okay and right. that that was fine. So that's what where we, I would say, where we learned and it was reinforced that what you like that day is that's what it is. Not mm-hmm. predefined, like, I'm always full swap. I'm always whatever. It's just, it's always, and actually I'm going to, Break it down even further. It's not that day. It's at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what enthusiastic consent is the best thing. And it's right. like at any given hour, you could be different. Yeah. So. Right. So was there uh, any shift that happened that week for you guys? Or I guess going into that, were you still on the separate playing fields of Todd's okay with full swap, Sadie's not quite there yet? Right. That was how we – that was – <clears throat> how we, you know, it's really interesting if you try to have these conversations with each other on an airplane. <laughs> we ended up. We're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we basically, we chatted in code like half the way down and I was like making notes on my phone and showing them and he'd go, uh-huh. Mm, <laughs> and so I'd have to retype because we didn't want to have all the conversations out loud. Um, to answer Finn's question though. <laughs> so you guys convinced us that having being separate at different levels was okay where we were going and we were believing you (laughs) so we so when we wrote out the rules and like when we were redoing kind of rules like at the like finalizing it i would say Mm -hmm. before we got there was kind of like okay we're going by what our friends told us and we'll go with that and we wrote it out that way and uh go and we saw it then we saw it in practice uh, at play parties and whatnot at Desire, so right. that was pretty cool that how to see it in action. So we weren't wrong. We didn't. We weren't steer wrong. You wrong. And, and it was hard to believe though, considering our experiences back home, mm-hmm. where yeah. everything was on like like we referred to before. It's every you have to be at the same level because the couples don't want to be it, like somewhere. It's written that you'll be jealous if one person gets more than the other, mm-hmm. right. and it's not the case. Well, not for us. Right, but that requires a lot of talking and like you know self-discovery and soul searching i think because there are a lot of people out there i think who would be jealous in a situation that might be considered unequal but we figured out and that that's not how you look at it right you're you're not looking for each person to have exactly the same type of experience like you get a full swap you get a full swap like Oprah you doesn't get a car <laughs> yeah. Oprah's you, not get a dick. you get a dick right I mean I'm sure there are play party experiences where somebody gets to be the Oprah and just like tosses orgasms like maybe <laughs> it's like it maybe it's Finn fun. you know yeah, that could uh-huh. be fine um <laughs> But um, you probably really like that. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. I here's agree. the thing. Even if there is an orgasm fairy, it's not like all the orgasms happen the same way. Right. Right. right? So just because you know, just because Emma gets a, a full swap or, mm-hmm. or gets you know like three guys in the evening if she wants, like the point is is that 
she's going to have the type of fun that she's looking to have. Yeah. And just because if my experience of the type of fun that I'd like to have isn't full swap, isn't whatever, that doesn't mean that I got less out of the experience. It just means I got what I wanted out of the experience. I got what I expected out of the experience. And looking at it from that perspective rather than, oh, we each did the same thing. That's right. what makes it equal. It's like, no, the fact, what makes it equal is that you got what you wanted out of the experience. Yeah, right. So, so it, sounds, it sounds like desire and being that environment showed you guys that it's okay to get what you want, not what you think you're supposed to get based on what everyone around you is getting. Right, and, and gave- to go back to your question, you had asked, was there a shift that week? And, you know, it was nice because Todd did get, um, did end up getting to experience um, his kind of full swap experience um, while we were there, which was great. I did not get to that point while we were there, but I definitely, by the end of the week, was much more open to to that to that idea, but also open to other experiences in general, which was really nice. And then after we got home, I actually did end up opening up to uh, a full swap experience, which was nice. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> the fuck? It was it, it was all right. <laughs> Mittens are nice. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. How would you like that restated? <laughs> Tell me how you sound. <laughs> nice in terms of like our like the just as a as a almost like you had mentioned before about kind of like milestones that you hit in your like swinging journey, right? It's like, no, that was nice. Thanks. Actually, <laughs> to go with that, I'd also say like it. You have to have the patience to be like willing to wait for the people that respect what you're about. And um, what I saw from when Sadie got to the full swap experience, um, that she. It made sure it was with someone she was comfortable with, and that is like super important to mm-hmm. in, for us. That's hence our friends with benefits requirement. So and it it fit what she want how she wanted it to happen. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I think and I was the observer. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's important is to be willing to be patient and say, well, we're to the point now where we're comfortable with something, whether it's. Soft swap, full swap, same room set, whatever it is, but you don't have to force it to happen right away. Just because today's the day that we decided, hey, we're ready for it, today's not the day that it has to happen. Right. Wait right. until you're comfortable for it to happen. Otherwise, it, it may turn into a situation like happened for you guys way at the beginning where it goes terrible and it pushes you back and resets. You know, So just because you're ready for that doesn't mean you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's important advice that you guys yep. gave yeah. there. I think the other thing that we learned, and it's it's with that patience, is um, that like the giving someone the label of a swinger makes it sound like people do this stuff like all the time, like every weekend. And I'm sure there are some people that have enough free time that maybe they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's most people. I think the people that are in it like we are, when they have that patience and they're looking for those right opportunities or the right day with friends that they, some days you might get together and not do anything. But 
I, I think generally people are like a couple times, maybe a couple times a year where the situation's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's a stigma like that swingers are like fucking each other all the time. Like right. it's like right, every day. Right, like it's day. the primary hobby. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's just not, the, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's more the, the norm is more like less, like a less frequent type of experience because you're waiting for the right experience to not mess up your primary relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And not that that's the wrong way to do it if they do it every weekend, but it sounds like that's not necessarily your guy's strategy. Right. And that's what I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to where I'm trying to go is yeah. that I think that we. I want to let people know that that is yeah. totally OK and normal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You I mean, people coming in to or to, to, you know, taking a look at swinging as something they're they're trying to figure out if it works for them. Like they probably do need to know that most people don't do it every yeah. weekend or and go out and do it every weekend. Like you don't, that doesn't have to be an expectation. If that works for you, yeah. by all means, right. go like do it. But if it doesn't work for you, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. I think that's a good point. The other thing I wanted to mention really quick is that, uh, Sadie, I know when we got back from desire, you mentioned that the whole week there just kind of normalized, uh, a lot of just sleeping with other people, I guess, to be frank, right. About, that it's not as big of a deal as sometimes you build it up in your head. At least I do too. Right. It definitely did. Um, it was, it was definitely interesting at the, whether it was the play party environment or whether it was just out at the pool and watching people with other people's partners and everything. And I, I honestly, like I expected going down there, I expected there to be at least one or two like dramatic couple incidents, Mm -hmm. you know, like, where people got their wires crossed or their rules flip-flopped or somebody got too drunk and didn't remember what they were supposed to not be doing. Mm-hmm. It literally never happened. I never saw it. Yeah. I, I yeah. never saw a drama moment, um, which is crazy because at the at the hotel parties that we'd been to, there was couple drama literally all the time. Yeah. Like, that was half the fun of the people watching was <laughs> what kind of, like, crazy drama is going to happen you know, whatever it the entire week we were there, yeah. I never saw it, and that's just a testament to, like, the folks that are are willing to go and do you know a week long hotel like resort takeover. I mean, these are the people for the most part who are in it because they're serious about it and because yeah. they're actually they're going to have a good time with their friends. They're not going to make a mess of something or or you know. You know, the the other groups that are on the plane with you are the girls weekend people that are going down there to get like sunburned and bombed on the first day and as many people as they can. Whereas the swingers who are on the plane are like, uh, like have like lists and like. (laughs) And I think it's a testament too to the, the, the relaxed environment where, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned at the hotel parties, there's that drama. And I think that's because everything is so pressure. Yeah. Condensed and Mm -hmm. amped up. It has to happen in the next two to three hours. And at desire, it's like, if it doesn't happen tonight, I don't care because I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm probably going to see those people at breakfast and we can chat some more and decide then if it's going to work. Right. Exactly. And that is nice. And, and, but the other thing too, uh, the other thing that was nice is that the, at the hotel parties, it seems like, half of everybody, almost everybody seemed like they needed to get drunk like fast in order to have fun. And, 
and at desire of the people that we ended up hanging out with, I don't, I mean, people were drinking, obviously, but I didn't get the impression from any of those folks that they had to be drunk in order to have fun. Right. Like, right. or to have the courage to yep. to play with each other, to do whatever. Like, nobody needed right. the booze for that. Yeah. yeah. So, it sounds like Desire was a great week for you guys um, overall. Since you started this lifestyle, I guess, looking into the lifestyle, what are some of the benefits you guys have experienced? So, um, for me, I would say, in meeting the people in the lifestyle, that especially about the openness, like uh, Sadie was talking about, um, I like the fact that I am totally myself with the friends that we make in the lifestyle because it's really kind of crappy sometimes when you're with your vanilla friends sometimes and you're like, oh, I can't say that because right. I'm going to piss somebody off yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think about that stuff at all when I'm with you guys. And like, that's my best friends are become, are the life they're the people that know us the best yeah because we're actually ourselves around them so mm-hmm. that's one but then from our relationship perspective um like just our level of communication is like off the charts compared to um what i would have said i was married before so i would have said um compared to that i would have said like it's yeah. amazing our communication level is awesome it's definitely it it definitely opens up different avenues of communication and having to and some of those conversations feel hard and awkward, even with the person who knows you the best and, and loves you the most. Mm-hmm. Some of those conversations feel difficult. So having those conversations with each other does, you you, you kind of look at yourselves and you're like, well, shit, if we can talk about this, we can talk about anything. Right. So we better talk about this other stuff. <laughs> like yeah. you, you figure out that you really can talk to each other about anything and you, you can be open and honest about everything. Um, and you can have those hard com- conversations that are hard to say and hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, and be okay on the other side. Right. And you don't have to hold on to something that's making you mad or upsets you or makes you angry because you know this person isn't like they're not going to do something to hurt you on purpose, right? Right. Like yeah. I, I know that that Todd's not going to. So from a swinging context, right? Like I've seen him with other women. I've like and and if I if I think that maybe he tweaked the rules a little bit or something mm-hmm. like that, I look at it and I go, well, he's not going to do that to me on purpose. Right. So we either we miscommunicated about something, right? Or I'm misinterpreting what I'm seeing, yeah. or whatever. You give each other the benefit of the doubt. Right. Because you've had all those conversations ahead of time and you know, like, you're not going to do that to each other on purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you have to, the other thing, so you, you do that in a swinging context, but you also do that in your regular life. Like if I, if he sees me do something that looks stupid or I see him do something that looks stupid, like. That's more often. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we still try and give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's like, I know you're not trying to do this seemingly stupid thing on purpose. So. You know, we try to do that to each other as well. So I think that's been just better communication from that standpoint has been a benefit. Right. Other benefits, though, would be is that we, since we do have these conversations about what are the, what are our fantasies, what are our likes and dislikes, what are those things, is we end up trying more of those things. I think we've had a significant sex toy expansion. <laughs> yeah. That's a plus. Over yeah. the whole lifestyle experience? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So, so, and since desire, probably like m- more. <laughs> right. I, I don't know that I would call it exponential, but there's definitely been an increase because we saw lots of toys that folks had. We almost had one. We're competitive. Of our... So we, we're like, <laughs> we feel like we need to catch up to the people that had way more toys than us. Right. We saw some good options. So we've talked, I guess, a lot about 
the benefits. And also, I know we've mentioned quite a few challenges throughout this evening too. You know, the um, body dealing with body image, dealing with pushy people. Mm-hmm. Are there any other challenges you guys would want to talk about? Oh, and before before we jump into that, I was curious: oh, Have sorry. you noticed? Uh, surrounding the body image, have you noticed a shift in that, whether it's helped with the body image or whether it's reinforced your insecurities? And that's for both of you guys. Just is Both. Both? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Well, yeah, better and worse. So you definitely – there. I mean, there certainly are people in the, in the lifestyle who are like bra models. So, <laughs> you know – you they are out there and they do make you a little self-conscious so and and you want to be physically appealing to these folks that you're walking around naked in front of Mm -hmm. obviously so that is there but then you know you also do remind yourself like okay i've i've played with these people before i know they i know they find me attractive or 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 fun to play with so so it's it's both okay so um I think that's fair, and I think that's important to understand that everybody finds a little bit something different attractive, and that just because one person doesn't find you super appealing doesn't mean that the next person won't. Right. And that... People are attracted to different people for different reasons. Yeah, so. absolutely, and I I think that's something we hear echoed from a lot of people we talk to, is it's really actually good for their self-confidence that they don't have to be a stereotypical 10 to feel sexy and to be sexy to somebody that Mm -hmm. you can be you and somebody out there when you're at a resort with 200 other people or a party with 50 other people somebody there is going to find you attractive and 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 want want to tap that and then (laughs) well the nice (laughs) thing the nice thing about the the folks in the lifestyle that you keep running across is that people in the lifestyle are much more likely to find confidence sexy than they are to just go based on looks or body type or anything like that. People who know what they want, know how to ask for what they want, and are 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 clear and decisive about it are are very attractive. Mm-hmm. And, and and just in terms of that for folks in the lifestyle, because they people in the lifestyle respect how much thought and you've put into that, or how 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 well you know yourself. They respect that that knowledge that you have or that, that ability and that confidence that you have. So they know what goes into creating that. So, right. So sorry, back to Emma's question then. Have, have you guys experienced any challenges? And I know we talked about some of them in terms of the issues you've come across, but have there been any internal challenges that you guys have overcome and and how did you overcome them? Well, um, one of the ch- challenges that we've faced since we've decided we wanted to be more involved with the swinging is just the amount, the sheer amount of time yeah. that it takes to to try and respond to folks on the we- on the websites or, or meet them and stuff. And I'm full disclosure, absolutely terrible about that. If anybody contacts us afterwards, you're talking to Todd. I'm horrible. I'm the worst. <laughs> and and it's because the lines of people just. Trying to get in her pants. <laughs> That's definitely part of it. <laughs> so, and since we're a friends with benefits couple, like by that's my our definition, whatever, we have to spend the time yep. and have the patience to spend the time. And we are struggling majorly with that 
set yeah. of things. Like, yep. right. so between and, work and kids and normal life and everything, and then trying right. to find the time to build those extra like actual and, relationships, yeah, vet yes. people and build those friendships. It takes time and effort. Right. So, like, we're actually trying to re-strategize that out now. Like in this area, uh, we think there's probably more opportunities than we know about, and we're just not aware of them. Mm-hmm. So besides the SLS Cassidy type of uh, website type of uh, communication, I'm actually trying to network with people to learn about house parties and smaller meet and greets that aren't driven by those sites, but are driven by groups of friends like us. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a, one of those couples brings another couple or two sure. to a a meet and greet. And maybe there's a house party some other place later that same day yeah. or whatever. But I hear those exist, so how do I, we have to figure out how to plug into those. So I'm working on it, networking with, I'm still on Cassidy and SLS, Mm -hmm. but I have a different goal. So um, we got to just figure it out, but we have the patience to wait for what we need for us, Mm -hmm. and and that's important. Yeah. It sounds like that strategy is almost vetting people by proxy. You, You find a couple that you like, and you are friends with them, and you assume that if they've got a circle of friends, that those people would also be compatible with you just by function of them. You're, hey, and you won't hit a home run every time. So absolutely. maybe the proxy doesn't work. Yeah. But you, I think you but you're going to be a lot closer. You're, you're going to be, be a lot ballpark. closer. Just like your girlfriend's trying to hook you, like like girls trying to hook up a, one of their friends with yeah. a guy they know who's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriends are always trying to hook me uh, up with guys they know. No, you have so many girlfriends. <laughs> so... So I think I think it's the best way. It's a I think that's a better way for us to start, and that's other than yeah. the random like let's invite forty people to one place and hope that. Yeah. Although, proof in the room, it did work. But it did. It did. <laughs> that's how we all met. Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's good advice for people who don't thrive in that party environment mm-hmm. to seek out alternatives, and that's a good way to do it is to to search out those smaller groups and just might take some effort. Yeah, create some smaller friend groups but it does it takes more time i I think the night the the for me the silver lining about that approach is that if you get to know these folks then at least out of it if you figure out that you can be friends with them then even if the even if the sex part and swinging part doesn't necessarily work out at least you've made another set of friends that you can be yourself with yeah and that's true and for todd that was one of the things that you know is key like these are the these are the people that you are most yourself around. They're the people that you really get to be your authentic self with. Yeah, whether and... we like them or not, that's a different story. But <laughs> are there any last, you know, pieces of advice that you wish you had known when you first started doing this that you would like to project to the millions of fans who are tuning in this week? Try coconut oil. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. So it's like, you know, use an aftershave on your balls. It's not a good idea. Try coconut oil. It's awesome. Yes. Refreshing even. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Not with, not with condoms, but... No, yeah, coconut no. oil and condoms don't mix. Don't but mix. PSA. Yeah. Those don't work. But a coconut oil, like, lather after you shave is amazing. Especially oh, in humid environments. But I wouldn't yes. have known that. Without Emma. So, okay. I know. I'm good for something. (laughs) Lots of things. (laughs) I was going to say just that one. I think we covered most about it. Communicate, be patient, those type of things. And realize that it's okay to be on different levels. Yeah. You just have to find the right group of people that that work, like the right 
set, the right couple, like the right orgy group, whatever it is that that works for, the right play party. Yeah. That you can be on different levels, and and that that has to be okay. If that's what you're okay with, then that has to be what's okay with the folks. And if you have the time and resources with which to go to Desire for a week with like-minded people, it may be worth a try. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you exactly. You look at it and you're like, wow, this is a big investment to kind of jump into feet first. Um, but sometimes, you know, you really do have to immerse yourself uh, in a in an environment or something to figure out if it's going to work for you. Right. You know, dipping your toes in it doesn't really give you the full perspective sometimes. So. And and I would say too, not everyone's going to have the resources financially and time wise to make that happen. But it sounds like you guys were sort of on that track by by stepping back and going to the meet and greets at a bar or the lower pressure environments where sure it's not an all immersive desire resort type, but mm-hmm. you, you step back from the high pressure of a hotel right. to a, a regular people's bar and you're, you're meeting people, you're getting to know people and it, it slows it down. And it, it sounds like maybe that's a, a fair alternative, obviously not quite the same, but it, it maybe if you don't have the five or $7,000, to go and do a desire trip, it's not a bad way to, to right. start. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, des- the desire trip didn't necessarily teach us what worked for us. It reinforced what we already felt like worked for us. Yeah. Right. So it, it was just a it was just a quicker way of like like confirming that that was in fact the case. Yeah. Right. Were there any resources when you guys we're starting this conversation. I know Todd started in elementary school, but <laughs> like after that, old. after he, you know, were there resources when, when Todd came to you, Sadie, and said, mm-hmm. hey, well, this is something I want to do that you started looking into or that you guys have used in the past five years to, to research this? Right. The best resource for us has, once you once you find couples that you can have these conversations with, they're going to be your best resource. But finding those couples, getting to that point is, I think, the trickiest part for most people, finding the folks that you can actually have these conversations with. So, But like SLS and Cassidy and, and those type of sites, and there's more. So that's how we got started. But what's I would say what's great now is that podcasts are more of a normal thing. Yeah. So you can search through podcasts for what type of things you think you'd like to learn about yeah. and listen about to experts because there's there's – casual podcasts or more amateur i would say uh-huh. um and I then guess. there's like real sex therapists that do podcasts and they're trying to be extremely serious with their topics yeah. so, have you found some that have been more valuable than others that you'd recommend so from a um a podcast perspective from life on the swing set dr liz has a podcast that's extremely serious but it's more focused on uh, polyamory and some things that aren't necessarily mainstream uh, I'm finding, but it's very informative. And she's like from a doctor, sex therapist perspective. Right. Um, What's that one What's... called? Sex Pause Psych. Okay. It's okay. This, yes. It's the podcast. Yes. Okay. Um, so that and... one's out there. And you can get to it from Life on the Swing Set because she's a regular on, okay. on that. Right. And hers is great, I think, for people who are specifically interested in finding out more about safe sex methods and barriers and you know all the different things that people do to take care of themselves while they're looking at the lifestyle her she in particular and her podcast are really great for that sort of information mm-hmm. yeah that's good. so there's that like that type so podcast searching you can talk to like get doctor 
uh, knowledge if you want. But I think the podcasts of like this, trying to understand people's experiences, are going to tell you help normalize like your pocket, mm-hmm. like about what it is to expect, and so that you don't feel so out of place with your people's insecure. Like people will feel insecure about the way they feel and go, "Is this normal? Normal." of right of yeah. being a swinger yeah. and you get like yeah it's fucking normal like that's the the yeah. like how it is so i think those are the main the main resources to use perfect um well th- thank you guys for joining us in your own basement yeah uh, thanks for having us over and letting us live here with no pants <laughs> think, yeah well that's convincing <laughs> and we had to take our pants off to convince him to come on to the show so. pay the toll yeah. <laughs> So hopefully we get them back on our way out. But nevertheless, thank you guys again for sharing your story and being willing to to talk with us. I think there's going to be people that really find a lot of value in that, and we really appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. No problem. (laughs) Thank you guys for doing this. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, I think we need to go open another bottle of wine and maybe (laughs) jump in the sauna. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Let's wrap it up and have a good evening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, you guys. Hi everyone, it's us again. We just wanted to thank Sadie and Todd again for coming on the show and sharing their story and spending their evening with us. It was a lot of fun. Yep, and we also wanted to give you guys a quick preview of what's coming next week. We've got episode... 11. 11. It's going to be an interview with the Priory Society hosts. And if you're not familiar with who the Priory Society are, you can go check out their show Maybe specifically, I'd recommend episode seven where they interviewed us. A few. Yeah, you get to see a little, hear little tidbits of what we share. Yep, some of the stuff that wasn't on our episode one of our story, we share some, some dirty little details over there. Mm-hmm. So, go give them a listen, and we will see you guys next week with that episode. Bye, everyone.